You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field! Out of here! Ball gets away! He's gonna break for the plate! Ball game is over! The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning! This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. I am Trent Rush with you as the Angels are uh, in the midst of their uh, what, fourth week of the season playing some baseball here. Getting ready to close out uh, the month of April. How crazy is that? We are already uh, to that point in the year. As we're recording this on Wednesday morning, the Angels 11-11 and 11 right now. Three games out of first place in the AL West. A lot to get to. I know that uh, the previous week was kind of a tough one for the Angels. We'll break some of that down. But we also have seen a lot of really neat things now from the Angels, including Scott Schebler, uh, who got a double in his first at-bat with the Halos as he's been uh, trying to help uh, fill the void in right field for the Angels with Juan Lagares still on the injured list and obviously Dexter Fowler done for the season. Scotty Shebler's come up, made an impact uh, right away, and we're going to have Scott Shebler on our podcast coming up a little bit later on. But I would be remiss if we did not start talking about Shohei Otani, who is now one of the top MVP candidates in the American League and you look at, you know, there's some sports books out there. You get Trout Otani 1-2 in the MVP race as far as the odds go for how incredible this dude has been. I gotta talk about Monday night. That was about as exciting of a performance as you know, every time this guy's on the mound or every time this guy's on the plate I don't know that I can remember a player um, for like just a, an April game that is as edge of your seat exciting as Shohei Otani is. I mean, this guy blows me away every single time he's playing in a game. You, you can't take your eyes off him. And what Otani is doing at the dish is tremendous. I mean, he he's playing every game and he looks so comfortable. That was an amazing thing. I, I didn't even realize that stat until it got put up on the Bally Sports West broadcast that Shohei Otani has played in every game for the Angels this season uh, and has started all but one game. Came off the bench in a pinch hit situation in that one time he didn't play for the Angels. I mean, Otani has been in there every day, and, and that's the deal with, with Shohei. You need his bat in the lineup. Like, this guy has got to hit. And the Angels the Angels have a great lineup, and you get Trout, and you get Rendon back. But especially with those guys out, you got to have Shohei in there. But part of how this team is designed, this team is designed to slug. This, this team is designed to score a ton of runs. Because you look at this pitching staff, and, and what you ask of the pitching is if you can have average pitching with a great lineup, then you can be pretty good. And, and Angels starting pitching has to get to that point. But if you can have average starting pitching and, and, and be average on the mound, but be great at the plate, you can be pretty good. And Otani has been amazing in both areas. I mean, how about the fact that he gives up four runs in the first inning of that game, doesn't let him affect him, uh, gets a double, brings in a couple of runs, bunts for a hit later in the game, helps his own cause, but also just goes lights out the rest of the way, strikes out nine batters. 
over the next four innings after a tough first. I mean, he had gotten seven of eight on strikeouts at one point. We saw him throw more fastballs than he normally does. I mean, that splitter I I still think is as nasty of a pitch as you're going to find in baseball. I I think his splitter is that good. I I just think Shohei Otani has the ability to be dominant at times. And he does have to get, you know, better command. His command, again, it was was better than, you know, his previous outing where he had all kinds of trouble with walks, and walks kill you. We all know that. Uh, But Shohei Otani said his command went from a 0 out of 100 to a 5 out of 100. I think that's a little harsh. I think Otani's command was a little better than that, particularly uh, when he had a stretch where he struck out 7 of 8 batters. I'd say that is better than 5 out of 100 command. But look, Shohei Otani is going to be the harshest critic of himself, and he certainly uh, has been demonstrating that. But you're, you're seeing the ability on the mound. And I do still kind of go in with the approach of you know what Shohei Otani is the plate and how unbelievable he is there and how much he can help this Angels lineup. I mean, as of Monday, he was tied for tops in the American League and home runs with seven on the season. That's incredible. So you know what Shohei Otani does the plate, and that's a bat that you need in the lineup every day, and he's giving you that. But then when he can pitch on top of that, it just makes him that much better. That's the deal with Otani, and, and that's how I approach Shohei, at least at this point. I, I approach Otani as Otani is the hitter. He's the slugger. He's the, the two-hitter in the lineup, a very, very important piece to a great lineup. And then everything he does on the mound is bonus. And right now that bonus is pretty good, especially since he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. He has pitched you know hardly at all in two and a half years. So it might take a little bit of time for Otani to get in rhythm. But if the Otani we're seeing right now is not quite the Otani that he's going to be, whoa. I mean, this guy has the ability to be a dominant pitcher. I mean, this guy could be a dominant pitcher. And we're talking about him as being a hitter first, also seeing what he can do on the mound. And, you know, maybe he won't always be or or won't continue even at at this point to be hitter first. It's just how it is in my mind anyway. I mean, he's a true two-way guy. He's doing things that haven't been done in a century. Otani has been uh, incredible. Um, As far as the the other Angel players, you know, we, we mentioned Trout and Rendon coming back. I mean... I mean, for Mike Trout, I mean, the numbers that Trouty is putting up right now are just silly. I mean, just silly numbers for Mike Trout, especially when you see that he misses three games and his very first game he comes back and he gets a four-hit game. I mean, so again, I told you we're taping this on Wednesday morning. As of this very moment, the time we're recording this podcast, 22 games in the season, Trout's played less than 20. He's already got a 1.8 war. He's slugging. 815. I mean, how about his OPS right now? His OPS right now, 1353. That's kind of the number for me. Six home runs, a 431 batting average. He's driven in 14, scored 15, but has a 1353 OPS. I mean, I don't know if that's sustainable. Um, just, you know, kind of, you know, that that's a bigger number than the 431 batting average. I mean, he is, Mike, Mike Trout, this is the best I've ever seen him. Right, I mean, I, I know we're only talking about like a 20-game sample size. This is the best I have ever seen Mike Trout. 
just as far as a 20-game stretch of just consistent dominance. I mean, the games you just don't see games go by where he doesn't do something incredible. I mean, it's every single night for Mike Trout. Coming off of uh, a disappointing year for him, I, I say disappointing lightly. Yeah, a tough year, a tough year for Trout. He just finished fifth in MVP voting, right? But he has come back in this year. I mean, he's just been off the charts. You just would love to be able to see him uh, keep this up. Anthony Rendon is traditionally a slow starter anyway, and I know that he, he, you know, the Angels have played as many games with him as they've been without him. So you're still kind of waiting for Rendon. But I mean, Rendon is always a player that gets better as the season goes on. So I have no concerns whatsoever with Anthony Rendon. I mean, I think back to the 2019 Nationals World Series team. That team took a little bit of time uh, to get going and that that's just something that with Anthony Rendon you know especially now coming off an injury um, I I'm just I'm looking forward to Rendon really hitting his stride and the Angels have only played 10 games this year with Trout and Rendon in together they're seven and three uh, in those games so um, I'm excited about Anthony Rendon I'm excited about you know his what he is going to bring when he really gets clicking. He's still producing, but we all know Anthony Rendon can be a lot better uh, than what he has been to this point. And just kind of looking at his numbers throughout his career, I mean, really it's, you know, you go to June and that's when things really start to take off uh, for Anthony Rendon throughout his career. I mean, you look at his his June, July, August, September numbers. I mean, th- th- this guy's incredible. So um, I'm excited about uh, Rendon hitting his stride, getting going. He's always a, you know, over the course of his career, he's close to 10 batting points higher in the second half than he typically is in the first half. Um, so he drives in more RBI in the second half than he does in the first half. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that Anthony Rendon. I don't think you're going to have to wait till the second half to get it. I th- think it's coming soon, but just give this guy a little bit of time uh, to find his timing. You know, I talked about the Angels, and here they are, you know, at the moment we're recording this, uh, two and four on this road trip. It would be great to see the Angels go three and one in these next four games, especially, uh, you know, you get Seattle for uh, three of those four, including Texas tonight. And, and then you go into a, a series uh, a, a homestand where you're taking on the two teams in the World Series from last year in Tampa and the Dodgers. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this April stretch becomes pretty important. And I don't know that we've talked enough about this, you know, for the Angels. And I know that they've, they, and I don't know that sputtered is the right word, but they've had some struggles in the last, you know, week or so. I don't know that we've talked enough about the impact of those COVID postponements. I mean, I think that that has a real impact, especially at this time of year. Like the Angels, the Angels came in; they played so well on that Friday night, going into that during that Minnesota series, the first game of the series, they played so well. And then, you know, for Saturday and Sunday uh, to get pushed to May twentieth, and what's going to end up being a doubleheader uh, here at the Big A. But for the Angels, I mean, they they wanted to play those games. And they were playing good at the time, and or they were playing well at the time, I should say. Might as well use proper English here on the show. And, and you just kind of think about what could have been for the Angels because what that did was it really screwed up your pitching. I mean, it screwed up your rotation a lot, and it screwed up your bullpen. But I, I look at – how about the starting pitchers? I mean, Alex Cobb had to wait 10 days between starts because of that. And then he comes back, gives up four runs in two and two-thirds. He was rusty. You know, the Angels didn't need that rest of the time. I mean, maybe if you're in July or August, you welcome the the two unexpected days off. You certainly don't in April. Griffin Canning had to wait 10 days between starts. 
You know, he did have the piggyback day with Otani, but the 10 days between starts, he comes back, 6-0 run and 2-3. and a third. I have to think that part of that had to do with having that extra time and basically being skipped to start in April. This is April is not when you want to be skipping starts. You don't want to you don't want to have two pitchers be 10 days between starts when you're in April. Like that that's not supposed to happen. I mean, Heaney and Bundy have been good. Quintana's still trying to figure things out. And Quintana has struggled this point in the season. He had the one good outing last week, but you know, three of his first four have been tough for Jose Quintana. So he's got to get that on track. I mean, this is an Angels team with high expectations this year, and the lineup is too good uh to, you know, for them to to not be winning a lot of ball games. The Angels need to win. And the Angels have the pieces to win. And the guy's got to execute. I thought Quintana, you know, finding the, the the first base side of the rubber, I thought that would be good for him. His first start out of that was pretty good. But, you know, then he, you know, it wasn't like he was really crushed against the Rangers on Tuesday, but, you know, just gave up a couple clutch at bats that, you know, did not go his way. And for Jose Quintana, I hope he can find it uh, because the, this this rotation needs him uh, to uh, produce. But I, I think that the, the, the COVID postponements also screwed up the bullpen as I mentioned like take it take example Junior Guerra okay Junior Guerra first four outings of the season no earned runs in seven innings I mean he, he had been lights out next three five earned in two and a third and that was after having 10 days off between pitching I mean that that's something that really impacts your guys having that kind of a layoff in April Way less than ideal. Like Rysel Iglesias had to wait 15 days between save chances. Over two weeks between save chances. So he comes back and, and he comes, you know, first time pitching after having basically two weeks of, you know, either no pitching at all or in low stress situations. And he blew that first save coming back. I mean, I don't know that that's all that unexpected when these guys had these unexpected layoffs. And, you know, you set up your plan for usage like Joe Madden does. You have got times that you want us to get certain guys in. And then when you have two days off in there, it screws everything up. I'd say the only advantage would be a guy like Mike Myers who could use the two days off. And, you know, with the exception of one uh, poor outing against the Astros, he's been really good this year. He's been used a lot. I think that's something that the Angels have to manage moving forward is keeping an eye on the usage for Mike Myers uh, the rest of the way. But he's been so impactful for this bullpen, and you're trying to win all these games, and you're in a lot of close games, and you need Mike Myers. You need Rysel Iglesias. Like These are our key pieces, but you know th- these are pitchers that have had to wait. Like Mike Myers, like for him – Getting a couple days off probably was good, but he is way more the exception than the rule. And then I look at the Minnesota Twins. So I talk about, you know, the Angels' impact, and I'm like, well, you know, how real is this? Is it just the Angels that have kind of struggled a little bit since that those postponements and guys, you know, not performing? Well, how about the Twins have lost seven of eight since then? And they're playing the A's, Pirates, and Indians. I mean, you got three-game series against the Pirates in there, and you've lost seven of eight. So it's not like it's just the Angels that this is impacting. It's hit the Twins a lot harder than it's hit the Halos. But I do think that those postponements are, are more significant than I think people have let on. 
Um, at least that's the way that I have seen it uh, with this team. Now, I, I think we're probably enough time removed from that now to where you kind of move on. But but those two postponements, like the, the unexpected days off in the middle in April when you're setting plans and you're getting guys in a rhythm and doing all that, to then have that time off that, that really shifts everything and, and bounces other guys around. And to, uh, there are a bunch of consequences of that. It takes like a week to recover from it. And I think the Angels are finally at that point. But it's taken some time, and I think that that absolutely is a real thing. And I would imagine, you know, who knows how things are going to go the rest of the way. Kind of a bad break for the Angels. I mean, they didn't even have uh, – there was no no COVID issues with the Angels. It was with the Twins. Just a tough break right there uh, with the Twins um, having to deal with that. And then that impacts the Angels as well. Now it's time to get to our guest, the 30-year-old outfielder for the Angels, left-handed batter out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, former 26th-round pick of the Dodgers, but really uh, was a star prospect in their system, got traded to the Reds, spent last season – with Atlanta for a brief time, and now he is with uh, the Angels organization. Here now our chat with Angels outfielder Scott Shebler. Uh, first of all, good to see you here at the big league level uh, doing big things uh, for the Angels already. Tell you what, pretty cool in that first at-bat seeing that double uh, there against the Rangers. Uh, what is it, uh, what's it been like uh, joining this Angels club this year and being around you know, this particular group of guys? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I knew that we had a special group in spring training, um, but uh, getting into a real season where where things count, it's just it's cool because a lot of things haven't changed. You know, like the the expectations that we had in spring training, we still have them, and uh, you know, we 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 had a little tough stretch there in Houston, but we're seeming to climb out of it. So it's just it's just fun that we 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 have that that kind of group that can climb out of those holes really really quickly because um, that's I mean. You got to climb out of those fast. So, and we've seemed to have done it. So, uh, pretty happy to be here. There's been a lot of talk about like the room and this particular clubhouse. I think it certainly is, you know, this is my seventh year with the Angels. We've never talked about that more than this season. You've been around in several different organizations. Have you sensed anything different with this particular group of guys? I know it's only April, but have you sensed anything different than maybe some other places? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it's just, uh, you know, we never feel like we're out of the game with, with this offense. I mean, yesterday we were down four nothing, and or was it four four nothing four one four one? And yeah. it was, I mean, it was like nothing happened. You know, we, we came back and scored three runs, and we were right back in the ball game. And you know, it kind of felt like we were going to win the game. It's just it's just a matter of time. And and that feeling is just so cool because um, I like I said I've I've been in some clubhouses that haven't had that feel. But it's just like every game we feel like we're in it, even even when we're down, like when we were down in Houston there for a while, obviously, once they got to 16 runs, it was it was kind of heavy. But, uh, you know, for the longest time, it was like if you can keep us at this this number, we're going to catch up. So, I mean, that is a, is a really it's a really good feeling to have being in the dugout and never being out of a game. How much fun is that? I mean, to be in a lineup like this where, I mean, it's one after another with this Angels team. It is, uh, it's pretty ridiculous, to be honest. It is, uh, it is so fun. It is, it, it makes the game, um, which the game is so hard. It makes it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable and a lot, a lot easier to, to, to come to the ballpark every day, knowing like, okay, if this guy doesn't get it done, this guy's going to get it done. You know, it's just really, really cool. And we can, you know, we can, uh, you know, that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, uh, you know, it just it snowballs in, in a good direction. You know, it just it just keeps going. And, and I think that's what's going to happen in the next month is we're just going to get rolling and it's going to be really tough to slow us down. 
Scott, you've been a big league player since 2017. Uh, last season, just one game uh, with, with the Braves and now signed with this Angels team, originally on a minor league deal. Here you are now with this Angels club uh, here. What's the journey been like for you uh, to climb back into the big leagues? I know you had a great spring training and, and to kind of earn a, a place here with this Angels club at the major league level. Yeah, um, it feels amazing to be back in the big leagues, obviously. Um, it does feel weird to be traveling again. Um, after last year, I'm not a whole lot of traveling. It feels like you're going from being stationary to going 1,000 miles an hour again with all the travel. So um, that's been really cool. And it, it'll become normal again, I'm sure, here soon. Um, but uh, it's just been a blast. Uh, the journey's been tough. There's no doubt coming back from injuries and all that. But uh, there's, not a, there's not a place I would rather be than right here right now, for sure. I want to go back to your days uh, growing up in Iowa. So as yeah. I understand it, both your parents are engineers, correct? Yeah, they're way smarter than me. Yeah, I was, was going to say, how in the world are, did you become a baseball player? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, probably my only avenue out was, was being a baseball player with, with my parents smart. My, my, uh, my sister's a nurse. I've got a family full of nurses and engineers, and I became a baseball player. I have no idea how it happened. Um, I know I put a lot of work in, but uh, – yeah, the I don't know if I got the smarts. My my parents seem to steal all those and give it to my sister, maybe. So my wife's a nurse, so she'll appreciate uh, the love for some nurses. Yeah, my my sister. Yeah, uh, thank you for her for her during this whole pandemic. My sister will send me snaps and and and, and pictures of her at work, and it it is a uh, it's been tough on her. I know that. Yeah, no question. Well, I'm just glad we get to talk a little bit of baseball here today. But so you played four sports. In high five, school. five actually. Five. I don't want to correct. Yeah, five. Oh, I'm, so, I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. No, no. I just it was funny. I just did another interview, and, and we were just talking about it. It's kind of funny that you said that. Yeah. So I mean, you go for so you're a five sport high school athlete. I know like so many times like now, especially in Southern California, uh, there's a lot of lot of specialization out there. Guys like to just play. You know, a lot of parents will have their kids. Oh no, you're gonna play one sport, and that's it. You're across the board, just athleticism, right? How, how does that help you now in your, you know, major league baseball career, having that background of playing all kinds of different sports? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of different skills from a lot of different, uh, sports, but the biggest thing for me is like, I, I got to look forward to a different season, a different clubhouse, you know, I got to interact with different people throughout the year. So I think that helped me, um, you know, just understanding that, not everybody's the same and not every clubhouse is going to be the same. So you kind of understand the dynamics of that. But um, as far as honing in skills, I, I don't uh, specializing would have been tough for me. Um, I would have got burnt out very easily of one thing. I, I just love to compete. Um, so that's why I played as many sports as possible because I always wanted to be competing at, at all times. So, but uh, now specializing in something, it, it, you know, it, there, there are things that I've learned in other sports that have definitely helped me. Um, to get where I am. There's no doubt about that. Going back to just your journey for a moment, Scott, just be, being in a lot of different organizations, I think that fans probably don't realize like what goes on. I mean, again, a bunch of different clubs for you, but like when you're traded for the first time, like what is that feeling like? And now trying to, you know, find yourself in a new club and, you know, it's your first year now with this Angels organization. Yeah. Like what's that part of it, the game like? Yeah, um, to be brutally honest, it stunk to get traded. Uh, you know, I I came up with the Dodgers, and you know, I had that blind loyalty towards them. I, they 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 took a chance on me, and you know, I thought I was gonna be a Dodger for the rest of my life. You know, that's just that's just your mindset as a young kid getting drafted. Like they, this is the team I want to play for. These are the guys that helped me get there. I want to be with these guys forever. Um, but 
but it happens fast. So yeah, of course, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to, to wrap my head around, okay, I'm going to be part of a new organization. And uh, the Reds were nothing but great to me. You know, they gave me my first real chance in the big leagues. So I have nothing but great things to say about them. So um, yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, to be honest, it, it stunk at first, but uh, to understand that I was going to a place that I was actually going to play a lot more often, you know, once I wrapped my head around that, it was, it was a little easier to go there for sure. Is that something that you feel like, you know, you know, changing teams, like, you know, you were with Atlanta very briefly last season. And now you're with this angels club. Is that something that maybe gets easier over time once you've kind of made changes before kind of coming into a new room, meet new guys? Yeah, I think the first time's the hardest for sure. And then once once you understand that it's not always a bad thing, you know, it's not always a bad thing. It's not you, you might be going into a better situation somewhere else. I think once you understand that and you understand this might be the best way to prolong my career, because, you know, in, in reality, we have very short careers. It's just the way it is. Um, so once you can wrap your head around that, it, it becomes a lot easier. And of course, moving the family and all that stuff, it, 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 it that doesn't get any easier. But, uh, you know, coming in different clubhouses and seeing different clubhouses, it's, it's cool because you can, you know, there's things you've seen other places that you think are, are, are good and then things that you you think that should change for sure. So um, I, I, I've got it's gotten a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. You're spending a lot of time now in the outfield with Mike Trout. I uh, just wanted to get some of your thoughts on what it's like playing beside best player in the world. Oh, well, there's no doubt he is the best player in the world. I mean, he showed that last night, taking three days off and then coming back uh, with a four for five game. Uh, it is uh, it's just fun to watch. You know, he, he's he's such a special athlete. He's, he's such a great guy. You know, he's such a good clubhouse. Like there's nothing there's not enough good words I can say about him. But I mean, just to watch him on a daily basis, he is uh He's pretty unbelievable. You think he's, you know, you think he's good when you're watching him on TV and you're playing against him, but being able to see it day in and day out, it is, it's a different level. There's just no doubt. He has, he just has a different, different, uh, different level than everybody else. It seems like, you know, it's funny watching this angels team. And I was having this conversation with Justin Upton. It's there's just a lot of veterans with this group. And I know yeah. we were just talking about the, the camaraderie and how the guys are getting along and there's kind of a, a different feel with this group. How much of that do you think has to do with, with you know, so many veterans that have been there before and, and are, are really, you know, what Joe Madden likes to call level five guys. All I want yeah. to do is win. Like how big a deal is that? It's huge. I mean, it, you know, we do take losses hard, like in Houston, that was tough on us for sure. But we, we knew if we did the right things, we'd crawl out of that hole. And, and uh, we did, and we're in a better place now. And, you know, I think going through those things early on in the season can sometimes, you know, solidify the bond in the clubhouse. And I think that's what's happening right now. And it's, it's really cool to see. And the veteran guys are awesome. I mean, that, I mean, first of all, they're unbelievably skilled and all they have all that experience behind it. So it's just, it's a really good dynamic in the locker room right now. Scott, if Angel fans are trying to get to know you, right? New to the new to the club. We want to get we want to get to know Scott Shovel. We see you running hard to the bases and you know taking great at bats and looking good in the outfield. Uh, what are some things that Angels fans should know about you, Scott? Oh, personally or baseball wise Person, or personal? Per personal. Uh, I'm a dog person. Uh, I live in Arizona now. I'm not. I don't live in Iowa anymore. I don't. Don't do the winters very good. So I can, I can relate to all the Southern California people that love all the good weather. Um, yeah, shoot. Uh, all right, how, many, how many, how many dogs you got? I don't have any dogs. So I'm just a dog person. So I grew up with dogs. I, I like with my lifestyle, I, it'll, it almost seems 
unfair to get a dog because I'd be leaving it all the time. I think that would be harder for me to get a dog and then leave it for weeks at a time. Then so, but yeah, I'm a big dog person. I mean, I grew up with dogs and, and hunting dogs and all that. So uh, the moment, the first chance I get, I'm going to get a puppy for sure. Well, I got a, I got a couple of lab puppies and maybe I'll have you babysit. Sometime. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing around. Hey, Scott, really appreciate the time today. Uh, it's good to see you here at the big league level and uh, looking forward to seeing your continued success. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I'm fired up that I got a dog sitter out of the deal. That's awesome. No, really cool of uh, Scott Shubble to give that give us that kind of time. Who doesn't love dog people? I uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to know Scotty Shubbler a little bit. And he's been impactful for the Angels already. Looking forward to seeing uh, what else he can do for this Angels team while they are still uh, trying to navigate their way through some injury trouble. You know, I was even thinking in spring training, I mean, maybe at times this year we would see a, a Ligaris Shebler platoon out there in right field. Like maybe that ends up still happening uh, at some point with the Angels. Like that that's a possibility uh, now and, and maybe moving forward that ends up being the case. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Shebler uh, continue to do his thing. Um, seems like a really cool dude. He's got a bunch of big league experience. I know he struggled in 2019. Uh, only got the one plate appearance uh, against um, or for the Atlanta Braves last season, but has uh, returned to the big leagues and is uh, you know so far um, off and uh, running for the Angels. I know that uh, his numbers right now. Uh, not ideally, he can be better than what he has been. However, uh, getting that double in that first at bat uh, was a sign of good things, and, and he's an important base runner as well. And it's just trying to help fill a void right now in right field. Dexter Fowler done for the season, something the Angels are working uh, to overcome here the rest of the way. We'll see what direction uh, you know the Angels end up going out there in right field. But if Lagaris and Shebler can find a way to provide some consistency and and be able to extend this lineup a little bit, maybe that ends up being the Angels' answer, uh, at least uh, for, for right now, until some of the prospects down on the farm uh, can get to the level that you can bring them back up and they can really contribute there. I did want to point out something that Albert Pujols, by the way, going into yesterday's game, four home runs in seven games, now 667 career home runs for Albert Pujols. He has been awesome to start this season. I know the batting average hasn't been great, but I think it's like around 220 right now. But Albert Pujols is driving in runs. He's showing some pop. We, we've seen that same kind of energy coming out of spring training. I thought he had a really good spring. We're seeing that now. And you just need Albert, like I've said before. You just it, He's played a lot, yes. But as the Angels get healthier, uh, he'll probably end up sitting a little bit more. I don't know. Right now he's a tough bat to take out of the lineup because he's producing for you. And he gives you good, you know, good at-bats in key situations. That's what Albert Pujols does. But, again, if you can bottle up the best of Albert for you know 80 games, 90 games, maybe it ends up being closer to 100 now, or whatever it ends up being for Albert Pujols, if you can just bottle up the very best of Albert, don't overstretch him. He's played a lot of first base. At some point, you got to try to back that off a little bit, but I guess by necessity, that's been it. But you know, at the same time, Shohei Otani's got to be in the lineup every day. So because of that, Albert has to play a lot of first base. And I give Albert a lot of credit. He's still a very effective glove over there. And you know, at Albert's age in the American League, this guy should be DHing every day, but he's not. And he's working his tail off and playing some good first base for the Angels to get his at-bats, and, and he's showing some pop here to start the season. I think he's been one of the better surprises uh, for the Angels. Also, Justin Upton is on fire right now. I'm um, hitting the ball to the ballpark. Another guy where the batting average isn't you know jumping out at you right now, but you know, I'm not all that worried about that. You we're seeing you know Upton with pop, and he's got six homers right now. Uh, I'm encouraged by those 
those two uh, who did go back to back on Monday. That kind of gets lost after you know when when you have Shohei do his thing on Monday, and then Mike Trout gets four hits in his first game back. You kind of forget about Upton and Albert. Is you just look at the amount of storylines with this Angels team. That's the deal with the Angels. Hey, I mean I don't know this this is probably not a hundred win team. The Angels aren't, but man, they are exciting every single night. You can't take your eyes off this club. This is as as exciting and as interesting of a team as you're going to find in baseball. And you're starting to see a lot of the national outlets starting to come around on that. They're being lured in. They're being drawn in because of Otani. And then once they go and watch the Angels, they're like, wait a minute, this team's pretty fun. Between, obviously, Trout, and then you got Jay up in there, and Albert's doing his thing. And, hey, what do you know? This Jared Walsh guy is pretty good. And, you know, David Fletcher's pretty fun to watch. And Jose Iglesias a great shortstop. You start putting together uh, the pieces with this Angels team, and I think a lot of people across the country are starting to fall in love with Angels baseball. It's understandable. It's a really fun team to watch, and you are getting a treat. You are getting something exciting happening basically every single night with its Angels club, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it translates in what's going to be a very crowded American League West. Like right now, the Angels, three games out of first, they're 500, but the top four teams in the division are 500 or better. I don't think it's going to stay that way, but I do think it's going to stay bunched. I think it's going to be really close, really competitive the whole way through, and it's going to make for a really fun season ahead. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Big homestand coming up here at the Big A starting on Monday against the Tampa Bay Rays, followed by the Dodgers. So a World Series homestand coming up uh, this next week. Go to angels.com slash tickets. Try to get your tickets. Get to the Big A. As far as I understand, I think we're getting some more people in the ballpark now. Angels are allowed to do that. So that should be good. And uh, looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible here at Angel Stadium uh, to enjoy exciting Angels baseball because this really is a fun group this year. And you get a treat to watch this club every single night. I know for me, uh, I'm certainly enjoying watching that. For Hannah Stang, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. Take care, everybody.